Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Rituals in Nature podcast. So I don't know if you noticed, but um, it is no longer Daydream Walls, and I'm quite excited about this new chapter, and I have more things to say about how that came to be and why, but for now I'll just say it feels true for me and also funny. I can never really pronounce Daydream Walls in a way that people really understand and I think you are hearing me say this because you've seen it in writing but actually when I have been speaking in other groups I'm kind of like doing something funny with my mouth here <laughs> and it's not really working and it's kind of awkward if you want people to remember your podcast and also um, just to touch on this briefly I think this year in the pandemic but also since my accident and since I broke my leg I think rituals in nature have become even more important to me. I mean, I wrote a whole book about this last year, if you remember. It's called Rituals, Simple and Radical Practices for Enchantment in Times of Crisis. And um, yeah, <laughs> so in a way it makes sense to give this podcast a new name. And I think there will also be a new format in how I interview people from autumn. So I'm taking a break over the summer um, from doing new interviews um, I have a few more with, to share with you and then I'll do some solo episodes and then in the autumn I will return to speaking to wonderful people but maybe in a slightly different way and I'm not really sure what that looks like yet but I'm looking forward to finding out so anyway <laughs> today I spoke to the wonderful Megan Norian who has so much beauty to share about what it means to live in a body that has a cycle or a rhythm that doesn't fit into capitalist society. So we talked about the beauty of really listening to our bodies and trauma-informed somatics and movement as a way to be in the world but also process what's happening right now. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did and that you feel some comfort and inspiration. Megan is so wonderful. I really am grateful to have done this interview. A few updates from me. I think something I just feel called to say is that if you are feeling nervous or confused about the world opening back up, then you're definitely not alone. And if you're excited about the world opening or picking up speed and this works for you, there's no shame or judgment in that either. That's cool. But I think I almost like have seen conversations in secret around me of like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. And then other people were like, yeah, I've been feeling that too, but I didn't really say. And I, yeah, I just want you to know I feel the same if that is how you feel. And I... Yeah, things are opening up in the UK at the moment, but there's a the, the Indian strain or mutation is spreading very fast, so there's a lot of kind of hesitation going back and forth. And my gut reaction at the moment is just to be so inside. <laughs> I'm like so inside, and I, of course, I miss humans, but I'm really kind of allowing myself to do this at my own pace in a way that feels safe to me and also to remember which ties in so beautifully with this episode that there are outer and inner seasons and that they are not always in the same rhythm or pace and that's okay right so yeah I'm having surgery again last next month on my leg which will 
mean that it's going to set me back on the walking path. Um, so I'm probably not going to move very much this summer. And I'm trying to just think of it as another autumn, which is my favorite season. Another whole three months of being with candlelight and books and audiobooks and having maybe some little fires in my garden that I can share with people I love. And yeah, just keeping it simple. That's kind of where I'm at. So if you're at that point, <laughs> just know that I'm sending lots of love and solidarity to you. And other than that, in my other business, Yaro Digital, um, I'm offering a free virtual business summer retreat. That's a very long name, <laughs> but I think it's going to be so much fun. Um, it's going to be the 24th of, and 25th of July, and I'm offering free workshops over the weekend, little meditation and journaling sessions, little getting to know each other's, and then we'll do some co-working. And if you have a creative project or a business that you're working on, or maybe, you know, you know, like a book or a zine that you're making, please come. I think this is going to be really great. And I know that some really amazing people have already signed up. And I think it's going to feel really nice to be together and kind of look into the future because I think many of us have not had the capacity to do that in a way that felt nourishing in a while. And so I'm hoping to create an experience that feels just kind of gently uplifting and inspiring and that we can maybe make some plans about the time ahead and what we want from it together. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then there's also on the 7th of June, a free workshop coming up on branding. So if you're interested in that, come. Um, I'm running free workshop every month again over in this other business. And I'm also going to send more separate newsletters. So in the past, I've often sent updates about my both my businesses to everyone but I'm gonna send more frequent newsletters I mean not super frequent maybe once or twice a month um but I'm gonna separate that out a little bit more so that I don't overwhelm you and you're only hearing about things that you are really excited about and so yeah if you want to hear about both my businesses then make sure that you're on the Yara digital newsletter as well all right, that's all my updates. <laughs> I'm going to listen, let you listen now, and I'm so grateful you're here. So, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Gosh, I am really looking forward to this conversation. And I know I say this often, but it's just true. Um, I have a wonderful guest today, and I have a bunch of really cool questions. I'm speaking to Megan Norian, um, who is so many different things, um, but mostly a womb witch and a cyclical living guide. And as you know, cyclical living is something that's become really important to me over the last few years, both in my life, in my body, but also in my business and my creativity. And I know that this, this is something that many of you are thinking about as well. And I also think that the pandemic has kind of really put even more emphasis on the importance of being able to listen and be in tune with what's happening in the world around us in a sustainable and beautiful way. So Megan, thank you so much for making time. I'm really, really excited to talk to you. Mm, thanks, Yara. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> so for those that don't know you, how would you describe your work and what are you generally excited about doing? Mm, yeah, great. So I call myself a cyclical living guide and a womb witch, which you have already mentioned. And 
basically that means that I work with people who have menstrual cycles and I help guide them to align their lives with the energies of their cycles. And I do this in a, um, a spiritual way in an embodied way. And yeah, just to help people discover sustainable ways um, of living, which I think is so important in this, you know, ever evolving, faster paced life that we live in now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what, yeah, and what I'm excited about, um, I think right now, it's just some some new things that are coming up for me is um, getting more training in trauma and trauma informed uh, somatics and movement, and how that connects with the cycle. And I'm really excited to, um, yeah, use the whole body and the movement of the body to really address um trauma and how we can use the menstrual cycle as the supportive um yeah the supportive practice to do that and so that's something I'm really excited in exploring at the moment me too mm-hmm. <laughs> um this next question is super casual and feel free mm-hmm. to take this any way you like but <laughs> I'm wondering what your experience of the pandemic has been like and how it maybe has changed your work or your outlook on how you want to be in the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think like so many others, it sort of threw my world upside down. Um, just so like my personal life, I was at the beginning of 2020, I was Uh, in a master's program living in Canada and my spouse who is um, from India did not receive a visa to come and join me and so we had plans to apply for his visa in April of 2020 and obviously that did not happen because of pandemic and so that sort of changed our whole trajectory and I decided to drop out of grad school and move back to India to be uh, with him. And yeah, but like a beautiful thing that opened up because of that was that I got the time and the focus and the money I had saved up for grad school, I got to put into uh, my business and go into my business full time um, this last October, I believe. Um, and so that's been a really beautiful transition and something that I'm holding on to that came out of the pandemic, even though it was a, a really rough, a really rough start there to the beginning of 2020. It turned out um, decently towards the end. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's big. That's uh, so many changes to go through and so many big decisions to make in a really short period of time so well done yeah Yeah. um I want to kind of dig deeper into the work that you do and what it does for people and I wonder as a starting point if you can share something that you wish more people knew about their bodies and about cycles and about listening I guess Mm. yeah that's I would love to share that um I just think about you know, the the world we live in today and 
you know, the powers that are running the systems, you know, the powers of uh, capitalism, patriarchy, white supremacy, all of these powers are are systems that were set up in a linear fashion because they were, you know, designed to designed for white white men and um yeah, I think all of us who aren't white men and specifically for those of us living in a a body that has a menstrual cycle um yeah, it's it's very difficult because the rhythm of our cycle does not fit into into society. And so my own personal story is that I went through continual cycles of burnout. Um, I was just go, 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 push, push, push all the time. And then I would crash and I would have to, you know, step away from everything I was doing for weeks and sometimes months. And at one point there was a two year period of darkness. And so, um, what I, what I really wish that all, all people, um, but specifically those who have cyclical bodies knew is that we, we don't need to try and force ourselves to fit in into the systems because they weren't designed for us so how can we together create and imagine new new systems that are supportive for our bodies and our energy and that's really like where where my passion and my drive um goes to so that we can really heal from these stories that we have been told our whole life and really step into yeah this revolution I like to call it the cyclical revolution because I really believe it is we are revolutionizing the way that we uh, embody ourselves in the world Hmm. yeah that just like just saying that gave me like tingles everywhere so (laughs) oh my god same over here yes and I also feel like Oh gosh, I also feel that I, not you, I am also still scratching the surface of the potential for really radical shifts in that. And I can see that just exploring, just listening, just being curious, just being around people like you who do this work and much more depth has changed so much in my life and has just given me so much more ease and comfort and self-acceptance and possibility and hope gosh this is smushy (laughs) I'm really feeling it (laughs) yeah and also what I really love about your work is that it's so inclusive in its language and I know that for many years I kind of sort of maybe was curious but was just kind of feeling no resonance with this high emphasis on fertility and being a fertility goddess and uh, just in really stereotypically feminine stuff where Mm. I can also ask what that even is and what it means you know but it just didn't really speak to me and it was hard for a while to find a way in that felt true for me and so I'm really happy to see that that shifting that people are using more general neutral language and just um just not not pairing those considerations with gender so much I guess 
Um, so yeah, I would, would love to hear if you have any tips for someone getting started who maybe feels nervous because it can bring up a lot of stuff, of course, to listen mm -hmm. to our bodies because they have stories to tell that maybe we haven't been, you know, been telling ourselves or owning really. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think back to when I began cycle awareness, I guess that must have been five, six years ago now. Um, and what was recommended to me and what I do recommend to people just starting out is getting a, you know, a cycle chart, or you can just do this in a journal as well. But if you want a, what I think is a really beautifully designed cycle chart, I have a free one available on, on my website that you can download. But in this cycle chart is um, writing down just like what day you are of your cycle and writing down how you're feeling. And, you know, you can touch on the different aspects of your life, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, really whatever you want to write down. And uh, if you can make an intention to do that for three cycles, to begin to see some of those those ebbs and flows and the in the patterns that happen because you know our our cycle on a you know physiological level does work with our hormones and so those really um influence how we are feeling and how we are doing in the world and so learning your own unique cycle because um you know that you can go on you know, so many Google searches or through Pinterest or reading books, podcasts, whatever it is, and trying to discover, you know, what your body is telling you. But ultimately, your body is the one that's going to give you the answers. And so the only way you can learn that language is by asking yourself and, um, yeah, turning that awareness inward. and. I would say if anybody is having, you know, struggles with that process and really turning in and seeking what's happening, um, finding a container to do that with other people um, or with one person might be beneficial um, to hold that space and having someone be, you know, particularly trauma informed or somebody that is informed with how to um yeah help help you walk through some of those revelations you might get from working with your body um which yeah some of them can be quite difficult and so yeah that's that's like what what I'm hoping to do for people is like holding that space that they yeah feel comfortable and uh to explore all all that is within them yes <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so much agreement here and resonance and I so agree like there's so much power in just making the commitment and finding a container to just listen to your body and really observe over a few cycles is so powerful and it's free which is really amazing it can really make such a big difference and mm -hmm. then as people like you who can support deeper work, which is also really beautiful. I um, 
I used to really struggle with like a, a super intense post ovulation crash. And mm. before I was really listening to my body, I was thinking this was PMS. And I talked to my GP a few times and I was always told, well, you can go on a pill, but that's kind of really all we can do for you. Mm. And it's so, God, it's so frustrating to be in that loop of knowing something really isn't right and I'm in pain and this is, doesn't feel good, but also no one is really listening in a way. And, you know, I th- I don't in any way want to say that there's been like a magic fix or, fix or overnight everything got better, but just for me to understand that when I track my cycle, I actually notice it's not right before my period. The The most tricky part in my cycle is after I ovulate and thinking about why that might be and also allowing myself to be a bit out there and woo-woo and thinking about not just the hormones and the chemical processes going on in my body, but thinking about the bigger picture of what it means to shift out of this outward expressive period in my cycle to kind of go more into autumn and you know like how is the world responding to me doing that not always positively you know like we are expected to be fertile and productive all the time and might that kind of impact how I feel about this time in my cycle that was a long waffle what I was trying to say was (laughs) what I was trying to say really is just to illustrate and ground this idea a little bit of like how magical just cycling and just tracking and listening to a cycle can be and so yeah really highly recommend people check your chart out and print that off and just just give it a go um it's so beautiful and and so transformative so thank you for doing it yeah can I just tag on there a little yeah, bit yeah totally <laughs> yeah so what I was saying earlier about you know society not being set up for us in cyclical bodies it shows up all over the place in the autumn and the winter so in our premenstrual and our menstrual phase because society um, expects us to be those spring and summer people that are always outward and going And so a lot of like PMS um, signs and things like that are just because, you know, the society is not, it's not set up for us. And so then we are, um, you know, deemed, you know, the bitch, you know, is one that I get often (laughs) um, in my, in my inner autumn. But that's just because in my inner autumn, I am connected to my truth and I speak it. And that shouldn't be, um, you know, that shouldn't be invaluable in the, in society. Like we should value those honest truth speakers and um, yeah. And not to say there is, you know, um, PMDD, which is a real um, thing, but a lot of these sort of premenstrual, um, you know, labels that get put on us are basically because in that time, we're more connected to our cyclical body and not to a linear um, structure outside of us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also what I love in what you're saying is that it can totally be both. Like the label can really work to get access mm. to certain things or just to kind of like get an overview and an understanding and maybe also to talk to other people and connect with other people who have similar experiences and and then there can be a coexisting other dimension of also looking into the psycho-spiritual aspects of why this might be happening on a physical level so 
Yeah, all good. All good. Um, Yeah, so you already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I would love to hear more if you have more to share on what you think the costs are of not listening to these things and not prioritizing that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I... Yeah, the big one, the big one for me, because it's my own personal experience was, was these cycles of burnout that I was um, on and really like looking outside of myself all for all of my answers. Um, And that was, yeah, I don't even know like who I was um, eight, nine you know, 10 years ago when I was, I was within a conservative Christian community. And um, I, you know, one that pretty much condemned things like dancing or um, any sexual expression outside of, you know, a very um, heterosexual Um, marriage and things like that and I was so disconnected from from my body and what it needed and what it valued and looking looking outside um, for for everything I didn't I didn't have a voice I you know I shut down my voice and I didn't speak up and um say anything if I felt uncomfortable or um, when I knew things weren't right and yeah I just really felt disconnected from my personal power and I I think that is a cost for anybody who is not um, yeah living in an embodied way is that we let our personal power go to something outside of ourselves and coming to my menstrual cycle was was my path back to my personal power and you know why I'm doing this work because it it became such a transformative um, journey for me coming back into my body and realizing that um I do have a voice and my feelings do matter. And um, I even went through a, a two year period where I was having physical uh, symptoms and signs in my body um, from, you know, chronic fatigue and digestive issues. And for two years, I did not go to the doctor because I was not listening to what was happening. And when I finally did, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder that I had had for two years that I just was living with. And um, it got to the point where it was at not the not the severest level, but the next one down, because I was not listening to my body. And so not only, you know, the physical implications of not, not listening to what our body is telling us, but, you know, also being disconnected from from our our power yeah yeah yes it also makes me think about how we've become or like how much stress we think is acceptable right Mm -hmm. like I think our bodies are giving us all these signs for what isn't right and like 
the five day 40 hour work week is like a big no for most bodies mm -hmm. right and yeah. yet we totally accept that it's normal to crash when you're getting home and to really only be able to sit down on a sofa and watch tv and that that will be the day basically and i think it makes me really sad that that has become so normalized and And it's it's not even actually if we really wanted to look at productivity in terms of output, it's not even effective because that isn't good output, right? That's mm -hmm. just that's just awful. <laughs> it's yes. just awful. Yeah. Um I'm sure that there's so many people listening right now feeling really inspired and wanting to find their own way into this work and um, I wonder if you have any thoughts or ideas on how it can be made more inclusive, both from practitioners, but also maybe from people who are exploring this and want to get started. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think talking about inclusivity, I think on a whole, which you touched on earlier, um, those of us in the who are working in the field with menstrual cycles, um, really adopting gender inclusive language is sort of like the bare minimum um, at the moment and realizing the, the spectrum of people that have periods that are in cycling bodies is um, like vast. And um, being able to do that, And bringing in the the language is a huge thing that I'm seeing small small shifts happening in that, but there is still a large community that attach um, you know periods to women, and you know I'm sure most of us um, saw that with uh, J.K. Rowling's is sort of the 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 poster for that. Um, I think that's sort of like yeah, we need to find we need to be creative and find new ways to to talk about our bodies because there is this beautiful um, constellation of all of these different expressions. And so that's one piece that, um, yeah, just detaching from Uh, the word period and you know I often like to say which a lot of us are saying now but not all women have periods and not all who have periods are women and so that's something to be um, adopted to be inclusive and I also think you know in society what I was talking about that if there if there is a way for um you know, workplaces, people who are at work from, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, that if there is a way that we can bring cycle awareness into the workplace, I think that would revolutionize, you know, the, the ideas we have about um, the stress we're putting on our bodies and the productivity The, the things that we need to do and realizing that when cyclical bodies work with their cycle, they're actually way more productive than when we're working against it. 
And so how to bring that psycho-awareness into the workday. But even for people who are in a job and their, you know, their workplace um, is not willing to do any of that or there's no sign of that, I think just being able to be aware yourself and not only brings a lot more self-compassion for those those days that are really tough and also creating space that you can carve out small small bits here and there of of self-care that is aligned to your cycle um, will make your own life um, just a little bit more sustainable even if you know the rest of the world is not supporting you in that um, yeah so I think like just the the small the small changes that we can that we can make or and especially getting in touch with the small changes of coming in to know our body can have um yeah can can allow the expansiveness of uh expression and care that we can give to ourselves mhm yeah and I, I really enjoy the work that the way that you talk about positivity because I think this past year especially there's been this funny dance for me where in a way often I'm just rejecting the whole idea of productivity and thinking about my output and I'm just like I'm just over here going with the flow you know <laughs> doing what I've committed to do but also of course actually it's really beautiful and satisfying to get shit done and to feel that I have committed in holistic ways and I you know I'm showing up for what I've said yes to and it feels good and I think yeah there's a real reclamation process happening I guess and I wonder if you have more to share around how we really can become so much more creative when we uh, listen to our bodies and live more sacredly. yeah so creativity in the cycle is one of one of my favorites um because they they mirror each other the creativity also goes in a cycle and if we think about it that the beginning of any creation starts with a vision and then it moves into you know this sort of um intention uh initial phases you know that spark where you're just getting started you're making a plan and then it moves into you know, doing the work, getting things done. Uh, and then it goes to, you know, this editing feedback where you're reflecting back on the work you did. And then it moves into, you know, you got to let your creation go, let it fly on its own and step back from it. And that's exactly how the cycle is moving in the winter of the cycle is the time of visioning. So if we can give ourselves a little more space to rest, um, you'll realize that you will receive those visions because there's not as much outside noise going on. And then moving into spring is sort of that playful, curious stage where you can like plan and, um, yeah, try out different things, see what's working. And then moving into the summer is really the time of realizing those visions and allowing your creations to come to life and getting that work done. And then moving into the autumn is, 
the reflection time and um, looking back and um, tuning, turning back inwards and allowing the, the edits and the feedback to come and then back to the winter again you have to you have to surrender surrender your work to come back into rest and so um yeah begin when you begin to work with your cycle you start to yeah you start to see all of those uh those powers of the cycle and how they can really support uh your creativity and any creations that you're putting out into the world and it's really revolutionize the way that I do business as well because I I really do take the time out in winter to rest and receive lots of visions and take the time to really plan out how I want my creations to flow with with my cycle in business and that's uh that's been like a really yeah, amazing process uh, for me to live a little bit more sustainable and hopefully, hopefully avoid avoid more cycles of burnout in the future. Mm. Yes, I so want that for myself and you and everyone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> we covered so much beautiful ground, Megan. I wonder if there's anything else you would like to talk about that maybe I haven't asked about yet. Mm. Yeah, I mean nothing's nothing's really coming to me at the moment. I'm yeah, just so so grateful for this conversation and for any any of the listening ears that are listening into this. Mm. Me too, me too. And I just yeah, just love this mental image of all these little ears out there in the world. <laughs> a bit like little mushrooms popping up. <laughs> and I'm one of these ears all the time. I'm such a heavy podcast listener and I love this medium so, so much. It's just such a joy to have conversations like this, especially now that I'm not on social media anymore and I feel like I have more capacity. So ah, oh, yeah, this is great. Um Megan, let us know what you're currently offering and where people can find you. Yeah, definitely. So uh, my website is just my name, meganmaureen.com. And uh, one of the favorite things about my work is gathering community, um, community of cyclical beings and creating cycle magic and the revolution together so we are uh, just getting ready to um, open the doors for the summer session of the sacred cycles coven and it's a really beautiful community where we have circle gatherings and tarot readings and movement practices and meditations and it's all revolving around the cycles of uh, the womb and of the earth so it's a really it's a really beautiful community and i um yeah you can find that on my website at um, meganmarine.com yeah thank you i'll link to that in the show notes as well and I just want to add one last piece. I feel like as you were mentioning the earth just now, I was like, yeah, we haven't really talked about the earth yet, but that's so important. And something I really love about this work as well is that it makes, um, it makes mm, my wish for activism around climate change and ecology and 
social justice a bit more tangible in a way because I'm holding, of course, like so many of us, a lot of anxiety around, ah, you know, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Oh my God. And I think there's, there's a lot that we can do intellectually and that's important as well. And then there's social aspects and, you know, um, psychological ones. But then there's also the body and really beginning to understand that everything that we're doing to this planet, we are also doing to our bodies because we're so interconnected. And I don't think that I would have understood that really without practitioners like you, (laughs) you know? And it's wild how hard this is to understand as a human at this time and age. That breaks my heart. Yeah, I I often see it go one way or the other with people. Either people are really connected to the earth, they're really connected, you know, to the activism of climate change and um, working with seasons of the earth, and then they sort of awaken to their body as being, oh, a mirror mirroring these cycles. Or like me, my my personal story was I came into um, the work with my body and understanding it as you know cyclical and realizing oh the earth is doing the same thing um and you know it was a before that it was an intellectual um understanding that like oh yeah I know there's seasons oh yeah I know the earth does you know certain things in different seasons um but once I understood it in my body and then I can look at the earth and be like oh my god like be so amazed at how like the maple tree like the 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 sap goes down to the roots in the winter to rest and then it comes back up to the branches during the spring and summer and that just like blows my mind (laughs) um and then the autumn you know when it's going back down the leaves turn color and they fall off and it's just like whoa like that's so beautiful and then realizing that like I am so connected with this maple tree, obviously, I want it to thrive. And I want it to be on this earth for many, many more years. Um, And so yeah, I I definitely hope that one way or the other, um, you know, people are awakening to that, that connection, because I think it's so important for us as humans in bodies and important for us as humans living, living on this planet. Yes, this is such a beautiful thought to end with. Megan, thank you so much. I loved what you just said and what you said overall. And I'm really excited to share this. And yeah, I'm excited for all these little ears out there (laughs) listening. (laughs) And just to see your work unfold and to have you in the embodied business community is really wonderful. So thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Yara. I'm really grateful for the work you're doing in the world.